Let's go to John, the 14th chapter. John 14, Jesus is speaking, and he began to tell them that he was going to send them another helper, one like himself. John 14 and 16, he said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. And then he describes further in verse 26 what the comforter, the Holy Spirit will do for us Verse 26, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Did you know you had a teacher? Not just a teacher, the teacher. And he will bring all things to your remembrance. Did you know that you have someone that is available to you 24-7 to assist your remembering? I said to assist your remembering, to help you remember. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said to you. Skip on down to 16, chapter 16 and 13. Let's just read this passage too. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. No matter what's going on, when you, when you feel confused and you don't see what's right and what's wrong, just stop, look inside you and and say, Holy Spirit, Jesus said you'd guide me into the truth. So what's the truth about this situation? What's right? Of course, when you see what's right, then you know by contrast what's not right. When When you know what the truth is, then you know anything that contradicts it is not the truth. Did you know you had help? You've got the guide. And he he went on to say, in the latter part of that 13th verse, he will show you things to come. Now, this is part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And uh, so many Christians are not realizing all of this help, not because it's not available, but because spiritual things are not real to them. And they're not looking to him and they're not depending on him. Proverbs 3, 5. Maybe they can just put that up on the screen for us. Proverbs 3, 5. Anybody know it? Trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. Lean not to what? Now let's just stop right there. Is there a difference between your heart and your understanding? Your understanding is not your heart. Now, when he says heart, he's not talking about your physical blood pump. The Bible says with the heart, man believes. You can't believe God with your physical blood pump any more than you could believe God with a kidney or a lung. But your heart is the core of your being. It's what you are, which is a spirit. You you know, cut open a watermelon and say that's the heart of the melon. Cut down a tree, that's the heart of the oak. Well, what's your core? What's your inside? 
You're a spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a spirit. And there's somebody inside you besides you. It's him. The teacher. The comforter. Who teaches you. Who guides you. Who leads you. Who brings things to your remembrance. Now when I was sitting over there. Uh, during the offering, the Lord quickened me on this, and I, I thank him for just reminding me just, just now about it. But it, it ties in with this. Uh, the Lord said concerning some individuals in Malachi, he said, your words have been stout against me. And the word uh, confession means literally saying the same thing. We're to say whatever the Lord says about us. We're not to contradict what he says about us. And when you say it like that, most any Christian would agree with that. Oh, but millions of Christians are blatantly, sometimes vehemently, contradicting what the Lord has said about them. For instance, when the Lord says he brings all things to your remembrance, you ought not say, I can't remember like I used to. You know I'm getting old. And you know the memory is the first thing to go. Said who? But see Christians talk like this. And people laugh. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And and, and it's funny. It ain't funny. It's why people's minds slip the way they do. And why they get so foggy. And why they get so confused. You need to agree with him. And you need to say what he said about you. He said you have the mind of Christ. He said, you've not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And that's all you ever ought to say. I don't care if you feel so foggy, you can't find your way to the front door. You need to sit down, put your hand on your head and say, thank you, Lord, for a sound mind. You said I have a sound mind. And I don't care if you can't remember where it started or where it's going or anything about it. You need to sit down and say, Lord, you said that you would give me the comforter and that he would bring all things to my remembrance. And so that's all I'm going to say. And I thank you for doing that. We need to start it right now. Say it out loud. Thank you, Lord, for bringing all things to my remembrance. Now, friend, if you quit all that other junk and start talking like this night and day, you will notice an immediate improvement in your awareness, in your thinking, in your sharpness. The biggest problem that, that folks have is right under their nose. It's this thing. Do you know that? And uh, something that the Lord, that I said the Lord prompted me over there is in line with this. He prompted me that there are people in this room that have been saying, nobody ever gave me anything. And also, nobody ever gives me any. Nobody ever gives me anything. And the Lord says, your words are stout against him. You are arguing with what he said. Luke 6.38, put it up on the screen. I want you to see an example of what I'm talking about. Anybody in here ever gave anything? To anybody? Hmm? You ever gave anything? A lot of you gave in the offering right now. A lot of you given in offerings for years. And all kind of things. Jesus said, head of the church. 
Give and what will happen? And nobody will ever give you anything. Huh? Give and what? What will happen? As surely as you give, what's going to happen? It shall be given to you, not just what you gave, but what you gave multiplied. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. It's not going to fall out of the sky from heaven. Men are going to bring it to you. It's going to come through people. And it's going to happen in accordance with the degree and measure and amount that you're sowing. The measure you meet, that's how it's going to be measured back to you again. If you sow in fives, it'll come back in fives. I didn't say if you sow a five, it'll come back a five. It'll come back fives. But it won't be multiplied hundreds. Y'all listening to me? If you sow in hundreds, it comes back in multiplied hundreds. So in thousands, multiplied thousands, that's the way it works. But if you believe this, you don't say nobody ever gives me anything. You say people are all the time giving to me. What? Jesus said men would give to my bosom. Uh, anybody here's given before? Let me see. You raised your hand a while ago. You said, I gave, I've given, I've given. Is this true then? Yes. Then I want you to say it out loud. People are all the time, time. given to me. <laughs> Did I make this up or is that right there? <laughs> Men will give to your bosom when you give. Say it out loud. People are all the time, time. given to me. Because I'm, I'm a giver. And people give to me. Give to me. Money. Things, favor, deals, people are all the time giving to me. Now, what a difference that is than saying, well, nobody ever gave me anything. I've worked for every dime I got. Nobody ever gave me. And you keep talking like that and nobody ever will. <laughs> and it won't be God's choice for you. It'll be your refusal to agree with him. Let's try it again. <laughs> said out loud, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. And, Jesus said, and Jesus said, because I give, it will be given to me. People give to me. All the time. <laughs> now, if, if you get your mind renewed and you get your heart changed, you don't just parrot this, but you believe it. And you start talking like this, not just once in a while on a Friday night when you come by church, but all the time. In your life, you watch what will happen. You watch what will happen. You'll be in a situation, people look at you and go, I don't know why I'm doing this. But I'm going to let you have this for this. I'm going to do this for you. And anybody experienced any of this before? This happens. And it's not because you're so pretty, even though you may be. It's not because you're so amazing, even though you may be. It's because the Lord touched them and caused them to see you with favor. And inclined their heart to want to do that for you. And he said the reason he did that is because you listened to him somewhere back along the line and you gave. Is this the Bible? Is this scripture? It is, friends. It is. And the Holy Spirit is right in the middle of this. Bringing to your remembrance, leading you, guiding you. 
So uh, I want to make it real clear and plain. Now the Lord specifically directed me to get up here and say, don't say that anymore. Nobody ever gave me anything. Nobody ever gives me anything. And I know you're looking at me, but if he really said that, then it's not just me that said it. Forget about me and, and take it seriously. So we're not, we're not saying that anymore, right? Okay. <laughs> some folks like it, some folks don't. Huh? Let's keep going. Maybe you'll like the next part. Go with me, please, to uh, Mark, the uh, 15th chapter. Actually, Mark 16 is where I'd like for you to go. And then also 1 Corinthians 12. Now, the last time I was with you, we talked about some of these things and even acted on some of them. And I want us to pick up here and go further. Jesus said, uh, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils and they'll speak with new tongues. He goes on to talk about healing and some other things. These are one of the signs that follows believers is that they will speak with new tongues. Now I know that sounds weird to some, a lot lot of churchgoers think that talking in tongues is for the, the, the overly excitable the people that are, you know, are not, maybe they're not educated, you know, poor folks, and they're just emotional. <laughs> and they get all worked up and they, they jabber and they have these convulsion fits and all kind of things and kind of place to stay away from. And even some of their leaders and theologians warn people. Oh, man, that's error. That's error. Some even say it's the devil. The Bible has a lot to say about speaking with tongues. And uh, if, you've been, if you've been with us, then you've heard us already talk about this uh, quite a bit. If you haven't, then take advantage of the, the previous teachings and lessons. Go online and get uh, the last, uh, what, two or three weeks, whatever it's been, and, and then there's a whole lot of, there's a series called Spirit-Led Life, uh, like one in two. There's uh, uh, several things, just, and it won't cost you a dime. But don't let somebody tell you their theory or opinion. Take it to the book, Amen. right? And follow me carefully and see if I'm reading your verses or if I'm making stuff up. And other people that that taught you in times past, they might be good people, they might love you, but you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. And you want to know what scripture are they using to base what they're believing and teaching on. Because that is the only sure sound foundation for your faith. Go to 1 Corinthians 12 and let's begin to get into what the Bible says about speaking with other tongues. You interested at all? I tell you, you ought to be. It's one of the greatest things available to the believer, to the child of God. And I know from whence I speak, I can speak with authority on the subject because I was a Christian for years who did not speak with tongues. And now I've been a Christian for many more years who does speak with tongues on a daily basis. And I can tell you, 
uh, from personal experience, with is much better. Anybody in here agree with me on that 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 does? And people that will tell you that tongues is not right and tongues is this, you might just stop them before they get too far into it and ask them, do they speak with tongues? And invariably they'll say no. So there's somebody telling you something that they have no experience about. Are you with me, friends? And a lot of doctrines are what I call excuse doctrines. It's trying to explain why we don't have something. And people oftentimes try to water down the word to match their lack of experience. And that's no way to go. Friend, if you're serious about walking with God and letting his word be your guide, I don't care how long you've been walking with him, you're going to come across things in his word that you're not there yet. You haven't experienced yet. And you don't need to start trying to explain it away. You need to stop right there and say, Lord, I haven't had this yet. I'm I'm not experiencing this yet. But I'm asking you to elevate my life to this. Don't try to water down the word to match your lack of experience. Believe God to elevate you to this. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. He said, now concerning spiritual gifts... Actually, the word gifts is added by the translators. It literally just says spirituals, things of and pertaining to the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit. He said, I would not have you ignorant. Now, anytime the Lord says, I don't want you ignorant about this, what could you know before you ever started? There must be a lot of ignorance about this, (laughs) right? Or he wouldn't be saying this. And to this day, There is so much ignorance about this one chapter, this chapter, this 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. There are whole denominations that that never even go there. They just try to avoid it. Because if you don't believe in these things, you're not going to understand any of this. But if he doesn't want you to be ignorant about it, then should you just forget it and say, well, it doesn't matter probably. If he says don't be ignorant about it, he wants you to know about it. Somebody said out loud, Lord, teach me about these things. The very things you said you don't want me to be ignorant about. I'm asking you to show me. Teach me. I'll receive it. Amen. He'll do that for you. Keep reading. You know you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols even as you were led. They prayed Before they got saved, they prayed to rocks, they prayed to the stars, they prayed to all kind of stuff that never answered a prayer, never even spoke. Dumb they were. But our God is a living God, so he can speak. And God speaks to his people. How many believe God speaks to his people? This whole book or accounts... Of God talking to people. He talked to Abraham. He talked to Enoch. He talked to Moses. He talked to Elijah and Elisha. He talked to David, didn't he? Talked to all these people. Talked to Jonah. He talked to, uh, obviously, uh, the, the father spoke to the son, Jesus. But after the resurrection, Peter heard from him. Paul heard from him, right? Are we a part of the same church? Yes. Why can't we hear from him? 
Is God still speaking to his people today? He is. He is. We don't serve. We're not worshiping a dumb idol. A dumb God. We serve a living, speaking God. Keep reading verse 3. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. Now we're going to see what's called the, uh, the gifts or manifestations of the Spirit uh, mentioned in this chapter. And all manifestations of the Spirit have this in common. They will always glorify and magnify Jesus. Anybody that supposedly has a gift or an utterance from the Holy Spirit and ever says anything negative or derogatory about Jesus, it can't be God. It can't be the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. No man that is actually speaking by the Spirit of God is going to say anything negative about Jesus. And I'll say this further. If it's truly uh, the Spirit of God moving and manifesting, it's not just going to... uh, magnify and draw attention to a man or a woman to the person that's being used making a big deal out of them it'll always glorify Jesus Hmm? always he said keep going verse 4 there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit keep going there are differences of administrations but the same Lord Keep going. Let's read the next several verses. There are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to a few real spiritual preachers. Huh? How many? Who can have a manifestation of the Holy Spirit? Every believer. Every I don't care if you got saved yesterday or you've been walking with the Lord for 40 years and everybody in between. I don't care what you know or what you don't know. Every man or woman, every believer can have and should have manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just for their uh, personal benefit, it's to profit with all. To profit with all. Keep going, verse 8. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Now, as we read these, I want to make a couple of comments on them. And if the Lord directs us in time to come, we may come back and talk more about these. Because uh, I just know in my heart the Lord wants us to let him manifest much more of these in our life. The helper wants to help us more than we've been letting him help us. And whether we have realized it or not, we need his help. We need his help. And these are nine ways he helps us. One way he helps us is a manifestation of the Spirit called the Word of Wisdom. This is not the gift of wisdom, as many have said incorrectly. Some of this comes back to people having a complete misunderstanding of what these are. None of these are natural. People say, well, God gives different gifts to us, and God gave me the gift of wisdom. And that means that you're wise and you know things. No, no, no. That's not what this is talking about at all. A word of wisdom. 
a word, it's a lot like a, a, what a doctor or a lawyer might do. If you go to a doctor or a lawyer and they check you out and they diagnose, if you will, your situation, and they, they've been to school for all these years learning medicine, learning the body, learning the law, they're not going to tell you everything they know about the law. They're going to give you a word. Right? A word for your situation. A word for you. And that doesn't make you a doctor now. Right? And just because you have a revelation, that doesn't make you a prophet. Did you hear me, friend? And just because God revealed something to you, don't mean you now have the gift of wisdom. A lot of confusion. Now, anytime the Lord says, don't be ignorant about this, what have we already established? That's because so many people are so ignorant about it. So, word of knowledge. What's a word of knowledge? The Lord knows the end from the beginning. He knows his plan. He can reveal a word to you about something. It's you knowing something you'd have no other way of knowing. You didn't figure it out. You didn't hear it. You didn't learn it. It was revealed to you. You just know it. Word of knowledge, same thing except not, not wisdom, but knowledge. The Spirit of God knows everything. But he's not going to tell you everything he knows. You don't need to know everything. But there are some things you need to know. And this is not something you learned. This is not something you figured out with your intellect or your superior reasoning. One minute you didn't know it and the next minute you did. You just know. You just know. And it's supernatural. And it's wonderful. Verse 9, keep going. To another faith by the same Spirit. Now this, uh, some translations say special faith. This is different than just hearing the Word and getting faith. God can minister to you in an area. We won't talk about it right now, but it's different from just faith comes by hearing. To another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Keep going, verse 10. To another working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. Now, let me say again. This is not the gift of discernment. That phrase is not here. People have invented it. Made it up. This is not, uh, there's no such thing really as a gift of discernment. Discerning of spirits. And this has to do with revelation. Letting you see, hear, know things that are in the Spirit. He keeps going to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Keep going. All these work at that one and self-same Spirit dividing to who? Not just a couple of people. Every man, severally means individually, as he wills. Not as you will, not as I will, as he wills. Every one of these is supernatural, not natural. Uh, people that don't believe in these things have tried to make them on that. Some people say, well, gifts of healings, that's the doctors that God's given us. And uh, diverse kinds of tongues, that's the linguists that God has given us, people that can learn a bunch of languages. And uh, word of wisdom, that's people that's just really ha- real wise. And no, 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 no. How do you explain working the miracles? If one of them is supernatural, 
All of them supernatural. All of them are spiritual. These are supernatural, spiritual manifestations of the Holy Spirit. They're not natural. None of these did you learn or figure out or practice until you could do it. None of them. They're gifts, manifestations of his. Now, the one we were talking about tonight, back up to verse 10. Divers kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. So we talked some a uh, week or so ago about speaking in tongues, being filled with the Spirit. We laid hands on people. A number of people received and spoke. And then I guess we had some other folks receive last Friday. Is that right? So uh, we're already a tongue-talking bunch. So uh, if, you, if you're visiting with us, you might as well come on in. Right? Somebody might have saw you come in. Think you're one of us anyway. You might as well get the benefits. Being labeled with us. But I'm just one of the greatest things that you will... You'll never become a part of. Because it's Bible. Churches have gotten away from it. Whole denominations have thrown it away. But God does not change. He, men change. Times change. God does not change. He doesn't need to. He was perfect the first time. Do you believe it? Divers kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now what I want to draw your attention to, I believe it's the NIV that says different kinds of tongues. And the New American Standard, I believe, says various kinds of tongues. So there's more than one kind of supernatural speaking in tongues. And just understanding that will help to answer a lot of questions that people have. Go over to first, uh, uh, let's see, the, the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Well, I'll tell you, go to the end of the 12th chapter first. We'll ask the question, then we'll answer it with the word. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, You are the body of Christ and members in particular. God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? What's the obvious answer there? No. No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? Obviously not. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? The answer is no. And some people take that verse and say, well, see there. The Bible says right there, not everybody speaks in tongues. But the problem is, that's not understanding that there are different kinds of tongues. And he's talking about a specific kind of tongue I would call here ministry tongues. Have you noticed every one of these other things are a ministry Apostle is a ministry. Prophet is a ministry. Teacher is a ministry. Working the miracles. Gifts of healings. These are all things that God works through ministers to minister to people. And there is a, a, a tongue that is ministry and interpretation for the congregation to minister. Th- is everybody used that way? No. Even like not everybody's used as an apostle. 
Now skip down to the 14th chapter. Let's begin to see some of the rest of the story. 1 Corinthians 14 says, follow, verse 1, follow after charity, that's the word for love, and desire spiritual gifts. Are you hungry for the gifts of the Spirit? The Bible tells you to be. Because that's who gets it. People who don't believe in it, who don't care for it, will not be bothered with it. And the absence of it in their minds will confirm to them that it's not real and doesn't exist. But it's only because they don't want it. They're not hungry for it. I want this bunch to be hungry for the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm not just talking about during a service when you're here. I'm talking about on a Tuesday afternoon on your job. Don't you reckon the word of knowledge could help you out? You're in the middle of something. You don't know which way to go. And all at once, you just know. You know why this is happening. And you know where this is going. You didn't figure it out. Nobody told you. You just know. Y'all with me, friends? Or you're at your house. You're laying on your bed. You're praying in tongues. Just getting quiet and focusing on God. All at once, you get an interpretation of what you're praying. And you pray the interpretation and learn some things. Why couldn't every believer use this and benefit from this? I know it's not every, every believer's experience, but it can be. Didn't we get through reading two different times? He said the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every, every person. Not everybody's receiving it, looking for it. Not everybody even believes in it, which explains why a lot's not happening. Now, some have said, well, you know, tongues is... Maybe they had some tongues in the beginning, but you know, they just needed it for right then, for what? But it's all passed away. Then why do we need a whole chapter in the New Testament? Chapter 14, 1 Corinthians, the whole chapter is about talking in tongues. Why do we need a whole chapter in the New Testament about something that don't even apply to us? It's all passed away. I'll let you figure that out. But let's read it and see what the scripture says. No, friend, uh, the Corinthians were tongue talkers. The Ephesians were tongue talkers. The Philippians were tongue talkers. The Colossians were tongue talkers. I'm talking about the the church, the Christians. The Romans, Paul uh, was a tongue talker. We know all the apostles, everybody in the upper room. Tongue talkers, is that right? Tongue talkers. So when people are making fun of tongue talkers, they're making fun of some some people, aren't they? All the apostles? Paul? All the early church? All the early church is? They're mocking them. They're making fun of them. When did it pass away? Some people quote from 1 Corinthians 13. You're right there. Back up and look. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse uh, 8. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, Charity, love, never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they'll fail. Whether there be tongues, they'll cease. People seize on this go, ah, ah, tongues are going to cease. The Bible said tongues are going to cease. It also said knowledge is going to vanish away. <laughs> now, I think it's pretty obvious that hadn't happened yet. So why pick out one? Have all the prophecies been fulfilled? No. 
No. Has knowledge vanished away? No. Then why have tongues have to cease? These are people trying to explain something they don't have and don't understand. No, don't, don't accept that. Take advantage of these wonderful, wonderful things that God has given us. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. He that speaks in a tongue, the translators added unknown, and it is unknown to the speaker, not necessarily unknown to everybody that would hear it. What's, what is an unknown tongue? Speaking in tongues, it is a tongue or a language that you did not learn. You were not taught, you did not learn it, and you don't even understand it. You don't even know what you're saying. He was like, what good would that be? Glad you asked, we're about to read right here. <laughs> he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. Now, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit. We're already talking about a different kind of tongue than the one we read about in the 12th chapter where he said, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, because we know that's ministry to people, right? So in that case, there could be a case in which a minister was speaking to people in another tongue and interpreting the message to the people. And, but this is obviously a different kind of tongue. Because in this kind, you're not talking to people. You're talking to God. And no man understands him. That would include the speaker. How be it? Well, what good does it do? Read the rest of the verse. In the spirit, you are speaking mysteries. Some translations say divine secrets. Divine mysteries. Divine mysteries. You know, I think one reason it makes the devil so mad about talking in tongues and why he tries to stir up people to fight it so bad he can't understand he can't get in on it you go past your understanding you shut him out you got a straight line to God come on are you listening to me no wonder he fights it so hard and you are praying out and speaking out divine mysteries beyond your understanding now would God give this to a select few and deprive it from everybody else that needs it just as much? No. No. Keep going. He that prophesies speaks unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Now, he compares and contrasts speaking in tongues and prophecy throughout this chapter. And they're similar. And yet there are distinct differences. Speaking in an unknown tongue is speaking a language or a tongue that you never learned that you don't know nor understand when you hear it. Somebody else could understand it, but you don't. The speaker doesn't. Prophet, but it's inspired utterance. Prophecy is also inspired utterance, but it's in a tongue you know. It's similar to speaking in tongues, except you know what you're saying. You, you understand the language you're speaking in, but it's not coming out of your head. It's coming out of your heart. You're not making it up. You're not thinking it up. It's coming up out of you by inspiration of the Spirit of God. And what's the benefit of prophecy? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edify means to build up. 
Exhort, another word for exhort could be encourage. And comfort, well, that's obvious what that means, to console you, to comfort you. There's an anointing on it. It's not just somebody yakking. When they're speaking, there's an anointing, there's a presence that comes, and it builds you up, it strengthens you, it encourages you, it comforts and consoles you. It was more than just that man saying something or that woman saying something. Can you see this? Prophecy. Now, when you hear the word prophecy, a lot of folk thinks, well, that's uh, prophets foretelling the future. No. In simple prophecy, there is no foretelling. None, None of this is talking about foretelling anything. Again, there's a lot of ignorance about these things. Yes, a prophet may prophesy. And in their prophecy... There, would, there could be a word of knowledge. There could also be a word of wisdom. These gifts flow together. But in simple prophecy, it's not somebody telling somebody what to do or what's going to happen next year or any of that. It's just a word that builds up and encourages and comforts, which is valuable. Verse 4, he that speaks in an, an unknown tongue, what happens to him? What good does it do? Talking in a tongue, you don't even understand what you're saying. The Bible says it edifies you. It builds you up. One uh, Greek scholar described it like this, that it was comparable to putting a battery on charge. And as the battery is sitting there on charge, it's getting built up because there's energy Electricity coming into it and it's building up. Anybody remember Jude 20? It talks about this. Just one chapter in Jude, of course. Jude 20, what does it say? But you, beloved, doing what? Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit. Oh, glory to God. If you hadn't done this, you ought not wait another day. Phyllis and I practice this all the time. Uh, you know, if I, a lot of times what I'll do, if I feel like I've studied enough or I got some direction and I don't need to do that anymore, that's what I'll do the rest of the time. I'll just pray in the Spirit. I'll just pray. And sometimes I can see it's like a dynamo. It's just cranking on the inside of you. That's why sometimes by the time I see you, I'm just ready to explode. I'm just ready to... <laughs> and it's, it's the reason why there would be more than just me talking. There would be an anointing. There would be a, a quickening, a revelation. There's something beyond me, something beyond you. Yeah. It's the anointing. But that doesn't belong just to preachers. That belongs to every single believer. Every single believer. Jude 20. Look at it again. Jude 20. Who's he talking to? You beloved. That's all. That's every believer. Those accepted in Christ. Building up who? Building up yourself. You ever felt like you could use a charge? Huh? You ever felt like you could use a little extra? A little extra oomph? Some quickening? This is how you do it. Pray 
in the Holy Ghost. Pray. What does that mean? Pray in the Spirit. Well, go back to 1 Corinthians 14. People that don't believe in some of these things, they've come up with definitions of their own. They say, well, one fellow said, praying in the Spirit, what does that mean? Well, it's just praying with some extra vim, vigor, and vitality. It's just praying harder. Uh-uh. No, that's not what he's talking about. How do you understand biblical phrases? Let the Bible define them. Other places where they're used. Not just some idea somebody came up with. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, what happens? He's building up. He's charging his batteries. He's edifying himself. What else is he doing? He's praying and speaking out divine mysteries. Things beyond what he knows with his head. This is one of the most valuable, the greatest benefits of praying in the Spirit. In fact, uh, just, just hold your finger here and go to Romans 8. I'm not guaranteeing you all finish this chapter. You can see at this rate. But that's all right too. Can you come back again? Is this your only night that you'll ever be here? Well, you can also get online, you know. You can, if you're on the other side of the world, you can still finish this up with us. Romans, the eighth chapter, you read this, uh, verse 26. Romans 8, 26, it says, the Spirit helps our infirmities. Now, infirmity literally means weakness. Sometimes it's referring to physical weakness, but it's not always talking about physical weakness. It can be talking about mental, emotional, spiritual weakness. And here he talks specifically what weakness he's talking about, that we need help from the Holy Spirit to overcome. What's our weakness? What we don't know. We know not what didn't say we don't know what to pray for. We don't know what to pray for as we ought to know. Our knowledge, we know a few things to pray for. But we don't know enough about it. So how are you going to pray beyond what you know? How can you pray about it and you don't know about it? Or you don't know like you ought? The Spirit itself, or most translations will say himself, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Uh, Some translations bring out inarticulate speech. The Spirit of God helps us with utterance and with yearnings and groanings, things that go on inside of us that enable us to utter things that are beyond what we know. Put this with the other verses. You see he talks about praying out mysteries. Oh, friend, I was, this was one of the biggest things that motivated me to want to be filled and speak with tongues. Like I said, I was a believer for years who didn't. And I saw this and, and I thought, I, how many times I had been in, in my bedroom or I'd been in the church or somewhere else and I wanted to pray about something and you pray about it and you say everything you know in what? Five minutes? And you say it again and you say it again. Well, how many times do you need to tell the Lord? He knew it before you brought it up. And you just feel so inadequate because you know there's more that needs to be said. There's more that needs to be prayed. There's more that needs to be asked. But your understanding is so limited. Oh, friend, 
That's why one of the big reasons the Lord has given us the mighty comforter, the helper, the Holy Ghost. By his help, you can pray beyond your mentality, beyond your knowledge, beyond your understanding. And when you're praying in tongues, you're praying in the spirit. That's what you're doing. You're praying out beyond your mind. How could you pray about uh, 20 years from now? How can, how can you pray much about next week? What do you know about the future? What do you know about what's really going on behind the scenes spiritual? There's so much we don't know. We need help. And thank God we have help. A lot of people are not taking advantage of this help. But how about you? Let's take advantage of this wonderful help. The Holy Spirit giving us utterance, enabling us to pray, not just with the limited understanding, but also in the Spirit. Go back to 1 Corinthians 14. He compares and contrasts the two. Praying with the understanding, praying with the Spirit. So if you understand what you're praying, you're just, you're just coming up something you thought up. That's not the same as praying in the Spirit, obviously. Keep going. Verse 5. I would that you all spake with tongues. So who can speak with tongues? What does would mean? I want you all to speak with tongues. But rather that you prophesied. And you'll see the other verses talk about all of us can prophesy too. And people say, oh, and I know that's not right. I can't prophesy. Oh, yes, you can. I said, oh, yes, you can. Every believer can speak in tongues and every believer can prophesy. But get it out of your mind that prophecy equals predicting the future. Don't get that out of your mind. Or that prophesying makes you a prophet. No. <laughs> Hold your place and go to Revelation. Can you take some more of this? Or? I believe it's the 19th chapter. Revelation 19 and 10. He said, I fell at his feet to worship him. He said, the angel said, see that you don't do it. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. We're not supposed to worship angels. We're not supposed to pray to angels. We're not supposed to make a big deal out of angels. Talk about it more than we do Jesus. Mm-mm. For, look at that last phrase, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You say, man, I can't, I can't prophesy. Oh yeah, you can. You say, well, I can't, I can't, I know I can't. Could you testify about Jesus? Hmm? What is prophecy? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, if you just sat down and tried to think up some things and typed it up and wrote it up and said, I'm going to give my testimony, and you stood up here and read it and recited it, no, that's not prophecy. But if you came up here and you said, let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. And you start talking about it, and as you begin to share 
thoughts come to your mind you hadn't thought of in 20 years and the ways to say it and expression comes and this ain't coming out of your head this is coming out of your spirit and not only that but the people that are hearing it are getting blessed they're getting encouraged they're getting built up that's prophecy I said that's prophecy that's simple prophecy who can do that Every believer. Same people that can speak in tongues if they will. Every believer. Go back to 1 Corinthians 14. Thank you Lord. Now let me just stop right here. You don't need an audience. To prophesy. You can go home. Tonight. And lay across your bed. And speak in tongues. And prophesy. How you do it? It's not planned. It's not something you uh, committed to memory and something you're quoting or reciting. No. Just out of your heart, you begin to express your, your love and your faith in God and thanking Him for what He's done. And you do it enough, it'll not just be coming out of your head anymore. It'll be coming out of your heart. And this is not something you're thinking up moment by moment. Well, where is it coming from? If you're not thinking it up, where's it coming from? It's coming from the river that never runs dry. It's coming from the living well inside you, from the Spirit of God that's inside you. And the more you yield to this, the stronger it gets and the better it gets. It will illuminate your mind. It'll broaden your understanding. It'll quicken your body. You talking about getting a hold of a live wire? We're talking about getting a hold of the one who hovered over the face of the deep when God said, let there be. Is the same one who lives in us. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Skip down to verse 13. I, if I keep going verse by verse, I, I won't make it. At least not tonight. Let him that speaks in an unknown tongue do what? We already got through reading. How many can pray in tongues? He said, I want all of you to. And you may all. One of the signs that follows believers, they'll speak with new tongues. Well, if you speak in a tongue, do what? Pray that you may interpret. Now, interpretation of tongues is just what it says. What it is not is translation. It's not translation of tongues. It's interpretation. You say, what's the difference? Huge difference. The interpretation is not a word-for-word translation of the tongue that was spoken out what's an interpretation let's say you knew two languages you knew English you know Spanish person you're talking to doesn't know Spanish and this person talked for five minutes in Spanish and the person who speaks English says what did they say and you say they said they were glad to see you and they want you to come over and have a meal with them sometime. 
Yeah, but they talked for five minutes. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I didn't translate it. I just gave the interpretation. That was the gist of it and the meaning of it. So it's not translation of tongues. It's interpretation of tongues. And uh, the Lord has used me in this before. He's used Phyllis in this and others. And the way it works with me, if, uh, if I gave out a tongue or somebody else gave out a tongue, while the tongue is going, I don't understand it, but I'm getting the sense of what's being said. In, I, I'm not translating any words, but I'm getting the sense of what is being said inside me. And it can be just as clear as can be what was said. And then the interpretation then is you're giving out, as the Lord helps you, what was the gist, the the interpretation of what was said in the tongue. And this is not just something for preachers only. This is something can happen on your bed in the nighttime with you. Something can happen in your car as you ride down the road. And it wouldn't have to be a long drawn out. It could just be a, a few words. But something that means something to you and help you. He said, verse 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, who's doing the talking? Some people try to say, well, it's the Holy Ghost talking. No, no. It's possible he could be saying something through it, but it's your spirit that's speaking. Your spirit is what's speaking. But your understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Thank you, Lord. Verse 17, you verily give thanks well when you're you're giving thanks in another tongue, but the other person doesn't understand it, so they're not edified. He said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, they talked in tongues so much, he's having to give them some direction about when not to talk in tongues. And then he comes back and says, he talks in tongues more than all of them. Well, if that's true, and obviously it was, he must have got up talking in tongues and went to bed talking in tongues. If he talked in tongues more than this bunch. And how many think if Paul thought that was a thing to do? Some people that think they respect Paul so much and want to follow in his footsteps. Uh, and you say, well, he talked in tongues all day and all night almost. They'd go, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there. I speak with tongues. Paul said, I speak with tongues. I speak with tongues. I know it hurts some people to hear it, but I'm going to read it again. I speak with tongues more than the whole bunch of you. Is it valuable? Is it valuable? He must have thought it was valuable. Oh, friend. You get in a situation with a relationship. I don't know what to do with them. I don't know what to say with them. I don't know how to work this out. I don't know what to do. You know, you ought to pray. But what do you pray? What would you slap them and make them act right? (laughs) Or slap me? Slap us both, God. <laughs> what do you pray? What do you say? You got a situation at work and you've done everything you know to do and it's still a mess. 
What do you do? You know, the Bible said, uh, don't take any, any care about anything, but pray. Right? Don't worry about it, but pray. But how to pray when you've said everything you know to say, and you don't know what to say or pray. Oh, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You say, Lord, I've said everything I know to say about this. I'm asking for your help. Help me pray about this. Give me utterance beyond my understanding. And then by faith, you start praying in the spirit. And even though you don't know what you're saying, the Bible says you're praying out mysteries. And you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. And there's been times I've done this for 30 minutes. I've done it for 45 minutes. Done it for an hour. And by the time I got through, I still didn't know one thing in my head better. But I just had this sense inside me. It's going to be all right. I've prayed about this thing. God has heard me. We said what we needed to say. We prayed. And sure enough, it happened. It worked out. It came to pass. Every believer needs this. Every believer has this available. If they will. Can you say amen? Amen. I want you to notice this. Then we're going to act on it. He said. Verse 15. What is it then? I will pray. Everybody say I will pray. I will pray. pray How? With With the spirit. And what else? I will pray. With the understanding also. Could, could we say, I'm going to get down here right now and pray. And start praying with my understanding. Can I do the same in other tongues? He uses exactly the same language. Doesn't he? Not only that, he also says singing. Somebody say, I will. He said, he said I will sing with the Spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. Could you say, we're going to sing a song right now with our understanding. Could you say that? And you say, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. And then you say, okay, I'm going to sing with the Spirit now too. Colossae Yave so Colave Yaselo Colave Yaselo Domanesi Cova Bible says the same. The same. What's the difference? Who's singing? I'm singing. My spirit's singing. But apart from my head, it's not going through the filter of my understanding. It's coming straight out of my spirit. Are there any advantages to being able to pray that way or sing that way? Let me read this to you and then we'll We'll be closed, but we, we're going to stand up and, and sing some and, and pray some like this. How many think we ought to before we go? I want to get you warmed up real good so you can go home and do this half the night if you want to. or Do, do it in your, in your car or, or whatever. This is supposed to be just uh, normal for believers. I know it sounds strange to people. It sounds bizarre. This is supposed to be absolutely normal life. It was to the Corinthians. 
It was to the Ephesians. The Philippians was to Paul. Do we want to be different from Paul? And different from these guys? I want, I want you to hear something my father in the faith said. And it will be a conclusion and introduction to the next part that we'll get to. Uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now, that Phyllis and I had the privilege of serving with them for 20 years plus. He said this. This was his observation. He said, I have found that the more I pray and worship God in tongues, the more of the manifestations of the other gifts of the Spirit I have. Talking about word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, gifts of healings, those things. He said, the less I speak in tongues, the less of the other manifestations I have. Did you hear what he said? It had been his observation. He's talking about over a period of decades. That he had found when he spoke in tongues more and sang in tongues more, he also had more revelation of the gifts, more manifestation of the other uh, eight that we just got through reading about in 1 Corinthians 12. He say, finished by saying, he said, speaking with tongues is the door into all the rest of the spiritual gifts. Well, it's got to be right. On the day of Pentecost, what happened? How'd they get into this thing? They all got filled. They all spoke in tongues. And then what do you see throughout the rest of the book of Acts? We see miracles. We see healings. We see word of knowledge. Every one of these gifts of the Spirit, you see it in the book of Acts, following Acts 2, when they all started speaking in tongues. How many think it could be an opening for you? It could be an increase of the other. How many are hungry for the gifts of the Spirit? Are you hungry to see and know things that there's no way you could find out or figure out except God revealed it to you? To have the Spirit of God come on you and just empower you to do something. Gifts and manifestations of the Spirit and the doorway is the speaking in tongues. Stand on your feet. Let's practice some of it right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you say, well, that's all fine and good, Brother Keith, but I've never prayed in tongues like that before. You are in the right place right now. It can happen right now. Or maybe you spoke in tongues a long time ago and you haven't for a while. Now's the time to stir up. It's a matter of yielding. I had a person get uh, adamant with me one time and said, well, you can't just turn the Holy Ghost off and on anytime you want to. I, I never thought about it. It just came right out of my, my heart. I said, he's never off. He's always on. And he, he never sleeps. He does, it's not a matter of turning him off and on. What it is is a matter of any time you'll yield to him, he's always there. He, he's always ready to help you. So I want all of us to say this and just yield if you've already done this. But if this is your first time, you can begin to speak right now. Just close your eyes. Pray it out loud with me. Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son Jesus. I believe... In the words we read tonight, your Bible is right. No matter what anybody else thinks, your word is true and right forever. You said, if we would ask you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, you would give him to us. So we ask you right now 
Fill us with the presence of your spirit, with your anointing. Give us utterance in a new tongue as by faith we speak. Enable us to pray and to speak beyond our understanding, beyond our limitations, and to edify ourselves, build ourselves up in you right now. No secolici. Just speak out by faith now. Don't be silent. Don't speak in a language you know. Speak by faith. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.